Hello, you are listening to Knight's History Cast, where we have conversations about history. I am public history graduate student Holly Baker, and I will be your host for this week's episode of Knight's History Cast. I recently sat down with Mike Burke, Tyler Campbell, and Kayla Campana, history MA candidates from the University of Central Florida. In the interview, they talk with me about how exploring military archives gave them new insights in their fields of study. Listen in on our conversation. Starting with Kayla Campana, could you discuss your research, the process of obtaining documents, and how it influenced your investigation concerning trauma and World War II nurses? Sure. So, in short, my research does focus on nurses and World War I and trauma. Basically, over the last 40, 50 years, a lot of shell shock um, research has been centered on male combatants. So at the beginning of my graduate career, I found a blog post that centered on two Red Cross nurses who had committed suicide on their way back over from the Western Front. And that kind of sparked where nurses and just women in general stood in the realm of war trauma and shell shock. So that's kind of where I start. That is where I started. And after doing some research up until recently, maybe 2015, not much has been written on it. So when I went to the London Imperial War Museum archives, I tried to focus on finding documents that centered around war trauma and women. Not as easy as it would seem. There's a lot of different keywords that you have to use when searching the archives before you go. Um, Obviously, shell shock and women are not going to come up. War trauma and women aren't going to come up. So it was kind of a trial and error process, trying to find documents that dealt with this particular subject. And it really evolved from there, realizing that my study would center a lot on discourse and how trauma is defined for women. It's not necessarily the same as it was for male combatants. Um, Going into the archives was very straightforward, very simple, at least at the War Museum. They were very helpful in terms of helping me find these keywords. And really my research went off from there. I found a lot on nurse convalescent homes, which was new to me because normally you hear a lot about male convalescent homes and how they treated chill shock for male combatants. But to find that there were convalescent homes for nurses really helped set my research off and to focus on how their trauma was defined and how it was treated and so forth. Um, Could you tell me a little bit more about your time in the archive and the sort of the process? Basically with the War Museum in London, you go online first before you go and you have to make an appointment through their online system. But what they ask you to do is pick three files or three different archival materials that you want pulled. That way when you go, they're already pulled. While you're there, however, if you do finish with those pulled materials during your set appointment time, they will pull other materials for you as long as you fill out the card and you know what you're looking for. So what's key is to go online and really search through what they have available online and just focus on those and have everything written and ready to go. Could you provide some tips on how um, to go about uh, researching in an archive? I would suggest always go online first and see what they have online available online. I think it's key, especially if you're going to ask questions to an actual person, like a live person, whether you email them, call, or go face-to-face, it's good to have something under your belt to begin with. That way it helps the person helping you. Great. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kayla. You're welcome. Um, Tyler Campbell, could you tell us about your research and your experience in the National Archives in Washington, D.C.? 
Yeah, um, so my, my research in DC actually came from a problem that I found when I started working on my topic. Um, so I'm studying the 1st Solar Cavalry, which is a Union regiment in, the, uh, in Pensacola, comprised of all Southern men. Um, and what I found early on was that there's not a lot of written documents from these people. And so I realized that uh, a lot of them had Civil War pensions, which were a, a form of a documentation that they had to make to the government to acknowledge their military uh, service, their kind of their life after the service in a way that they could then be awarded uh, money for disabilities that were caused by their, uh, their war service. And so I, I realized that those documents would be a, an interesting way of, of getting at the perspective of some of these soldiers that you couldn't really find uh, in other types of documents. And to get those, you had to go directly to the National Archives in Washington, D.C. Um, so unlike Kayla, I was not allowed to uh, pre-reserve anything. So I had all the, the pension file numbers that you can find online through an index, and I had them all in my own documents, but I wasn't able to pre-pull anything. So I had to wait until I actually got there to actually pull the documents themselves. So I went into the National Archives. I uh, was able to pull, uh, they let you pull about three or four an hour, uh, or three or four a pull time, and they have about five pull times a day, something around there. And so I was able to get through several it was a little problematic because some of them were lost or some of them were over like 300 pages long. So I didn't really get to read very much of the documents when they were actually, when I was actually in the archives, it was more just taking the photos and then uh, coming through them later. It was a very interesting experience in the sense that it really brought you back to those people's lives because these are, a lot of them are handwritten documents from these people and their neighbors and their siblings and their children. And, it's, it's an interesting kind of window into the mid to late uh, 19th century. Did you experience any challenges during your research? One of the biggest challenges that I came across was actually in interpreting my data because it's all in you know handwritten documents from the mid to late uh, 19th century and that's something I hadn't really dealt with a lot and so there was definitely a learning curve in, in reading that era's handwriting. Um, which was interesting and, and funny at times, but also kind of challenging to get through the 5,000 handwritten documents that I had collected. Thank you, Tyler. Mike Burke, uh, could you tell me about your research? Uh, how did you use data mining to analyze the official records of the Union and Confederate Armies collection to examine Civil War memory and the lost cause myth in the West? Well, um, I'd say my research here is where the actual going to an archive is not occurring. Um, it's more that I'm taking two very popular forms, or I guess two very popular uh, areas of study, that being Civil War memory and then general uh, digital history right now, and I'm combining them and using an online source to kind of create my own archive. So essentially I'm using natural language processing where it's kind of a, the, your computer figuring out what words mean what, and in my case I'm trying to pull out place names um, and I'm pitting those place names against another set of data drawn from early 20th century, late 19th century uh, historical texts to see how, how scholars and authors talk about the Civil War, what they write about, what places they write about, which places are essentially represented the most in their texts, and comparing that to the official record that's available at the time that the authors could have consulted. And essentially I just look at how these two data sets basically how, how they vary. And the places that 
are significant in the official record but don't show up in the history, the 19th and 20th century histories are essentially what I am drilling down into using uh, like government documents, uh, like city council meetings, town hall meetings, uh, newspapers, uh, especially during uh, like Decoration Day and uh, later like Emancipation Day newspapers, just looking to see what people are talking about um, and determining whether those communities that are forgotten identify with the lost cause or develop their own memory. Did you um, have any challenges when you were doing your research? Um, yes. The biggest challenge was um, really just getting into the digital sphere of it. I really didn't expect the data that I was trying to collect to become so cumbersome so quickly. I did like an initial run of it and there was like I think like a hundred thousand data uh, cells and I was like oh this is this is kind of all right and then at this point, I'm at 1.7 million, and that exceeds the limits of Excel. Like, I can't even use Excel to look at the data, so I'm using Microsoft Access instead. And I also ran into the problem with uh, OCR, or optical character recognition, being incorrect, where uh, Mississippi might be, the S's might be fives because the computer read it wrong. And so I have had to kind of take some programs that are used far more in hard sciences and kind of use them in uh, the humanities to get the data I need. Kayla, Tyler, and Mike, I would like to thank you three for um, sitting with me and talking to me about your talk that you gave at the 2017 research colloquium titled Exploring Military Archives, New Perspectives on Old Text. Thanks for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That was Mike Burke, Tyler Campbell, and Kayla Campana, history MA candidates from the University of Central Florida, talking with me about their research. For Knight's History Cast, I'm Holly Baker. Please subscribe to this podcast to hear future interviews and conversations.